The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Very active starting a business. It takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple of giggles along the way. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey everybody, it's Tim and welcome to the Kilroy Report where we talk about extraordinary people building extraordinary businesses in completely ordinary times. And I am super, super happy today to have Ben Lund from Rise Marketing join us. And Ben is a, uh, holy moly, he's, it's, it's really hard to, to find an agency owner that is sort of more steeped in tactics and experience than Ben. He's worked for, oh God, you know, Rim Kaufman Group, Merkel, Google. I, you know, who else did you work for? Like Yahoo way back in the day. Yahoo and when Yahoo was a Google. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so like Ben has just got such an extraordinary, like really extraordinary, you know, extraordinary experience. And I must say that just in, in full disclosure, Ben is an agency coaching client of mine. He is amazing. And I'm going to brag on him just a little bit. You're making you know, me blush over here. Come on. No, I'm, I'm, I, that's the whole point here. You know, his, you know, in about a a little over a year, your revenue's up by four x. You you know you've you've built out a management team. You've expanded the number of services that you offer. You know you have like so you're just a you are are just like exploding, and it's <laughs> it's just awesome to see. It's it's it, it's kind of it's and and by the way, uh, just so you know, Ben is also arguably the nicest man in marketing. So he does it, and he's like, oh shucks, you know, he's uh, like. You know, very Midwestern about his about his success and his talents. Oh man, Tim, thank you. That is, you need to come with me wherever I go. Like that's right. First three minutes, thank you, thank you. Wow, that was that was very flat, very flattering. I, I appreciate that. So since you since uh, I mean I've been in the industry since 1997. Since you know, like longer than Google. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, and and uh, by the way, I can remember a, a long time ago, I worked at this company called Ink to Me which was a white label search engine. So we powered part of MSN and we powered part of Yahoo for a while. And we were like, you know, we were behind the scenes at excite.com and I, I, you know, all of these web portals, we were the white label search engine. And, and I remember sitting in this, in this, in Foster City, California, the 11th floor conference room out looking, you know, looking over a gorgeous, you know, the gorgeous bay and people really saying things like, why would you ever use a search engine that has ads? Like those guys don't stand a chance. Yeah, right. Wow. How far that's become. Yeah, that, 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 that opinion did not age well. No, it didn't. And I remember when I was at Google, you know, Google has expanded their monetization. So it's like you'd start off with what, just two ad slots, and then they went to three ad slots. This is above the fold yep. on the search engine results page. Then they went to four ad slots. Then now it's all ad slots. Now it's all ad slots. And it was funny. Is like, what was it like one headline, one description, then two headlines, two descriptions, 
Right. And they're like, ah, screw it. Three headlines. Just do whatever you want. No, just kidding. And and now they have things like uh, Google Performance Max, which is uh, when they basically say, don't do anything. Just give us access to your stuff and we'll make the ad for you. That's right. Just and, we, and by the way, we won't really tell you where we show it and we won't really tell you anything about its performance, but it'll be better. Just trust us. That is that is very true. And like that's that's where the industry is going. It's automation, whether you like it or you don't. And, you know, you just have to adapt like that is that is, there will always be a time and a place for targeted placements, super manicured, everything that still exists and will always stay that way. But then there's this other side where it's like you're just kind of beholden to the higher powers that be and be like, okay, well, they're making the rules. They have all the data. Let's comply and uh, do the best that we can. So, so, so let me let me ask you. So, as someone who's had you know who, who grew up as uh, in the industry as a real expert around the mechanics of search and search engine marketing. Mm-hmm. Now that everything's a little more automated, what's the role of search experts today? Yeah. So, I mean, I remember years ago when automation was starting, you would almost think like, oh, okay, well, search agencies are going away. Like, you know, the sky is falling. It's all over now. You just put a couple pieces of assets and then that will do its thing. But it's it's managing a different type of a beast. So years ago... And this is especially true when I was at Yahoo managing search campaigns where you have, whew, I don't miss those days where I loved Yahoo and everything, but like dealing with like massive bulk sheets. If anyone's listening to this knows what a bulk sheet is, cheers to you guys. <laughs> upload massive Excel files and you upload it and then you misplace one cell. So it didn't upload and you have to find that cell, like what went wrong? And it was very manual. It was here in my keywords here's my copy or the landing page and that still exists and there's you know you don't want to move away from like any keywords that you know that's perfect for your business own that spot you're going to see that return but yeah years ago you know there were like publications saying like oh sky's falling for search engine marketing like agencies are no longer required but you know what now i'm starting to think is you actually need more expertise managing this because it's not a simple, you know, mechanics of here are your levers, turn this dial, turn that. It's understanding like the machines behind this and how to use that to your advantage. And it's almost like, uh, you know, jump in if I'm totally off um, tone here, but it's almost like the automotive industry. It's like years ago, you do an oil change and then that's it. You know, like, you know, the, the working procedure of how to do that. But now, yes, you still need oil to some degree, unless if you're an electric car, it's all a diagnostics and computer and the skill level is significantly higher that's required. Right. You need to know how this works. And now it's managing this, you know, I don't want to call it black box, but it kind of is, and understanding what is going to be most helpful to the machine and managing that machine. So you could argue it almost takes a higher skill set to try value. And it, if you're thinking like, oh, let's just give everything to Google, the end of the day, or Google and other engines, Google will, you know, they're a publicly traded company. They need to grow their revenues. You can't just open up your pocketbook to Google without looking in. Like you can't, you can't let the fox guard the chicken coop. That, 
let me let me say this too. So so I think what you're saying is is because the machine is a, is more opaque than it used to be. You know, you've got to you've got to better manage the inputs and the outputs. Correct. Right. So what you know what data what what audiences you're focusing on, you know you know traffic and revenue results and 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 all of that. But there's I think there's another piece to it. Number one is is creative, I think, is is sort of coming back in vogue because it That's, used to be, you know, Google Dynamic Ads used to be that like the easiest way to make money, just like say, go, you know, make ads for me and blammo, it happens. And that has, that, that doesn't work nearly as well as it used to. But I think, but I think what has happened is since the, the search engine results page has become so much more colorful for commercial terms, you know, there's pictures and images and snippets and whatnot. So I think, you know, creative and at very least, you know, creative text that helps your messaging stand out, I think matters more than it used to as well. I would agree. Way back in the day when I worked at RKG, since acquired by Merkle, you know, as an agency at that time, we like valued what are the, all of the components that's going to drive the most value. And at the very top of it, was bidding at the time, and arguably that could still be like quite up there, right into the value of that keyword. And that was like, that was a far number one. And then number two, which was a, you know, much further down, were the keywords. And then, and then you'd go into maybe audiences, something, and at the very end, bottom was creative. At that time, creative was just like, yeah, you didn't really give it too much thought into it. It's like, first of all, just like focus on the bidding and then the keywords. Yes, making sure it's the landing page experience. And yeah, yeah, we'll worry about like creative later. It's not like the biggest factor. But now like that, that is. And across all platforms, including social and for any marketer out there knows if you have a okay creative to a good creative, a good creative to a great creative, that can make a difference of a one ROI to a two ROI to a potentially four ROI because the engines are all about the user experience. If they're clicking on it, they're like, okay, this is a good one. I'm going to reward them and push that even more. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, and certainly I think having kind of consistent messaging across creative and a consistent tone. And, and you know, I think you can speak to this as as Rise has expanded substantially beyond its original uh, search focus to now encompass, you know, all forms of paid media. Yeah. You know, I think it, it makes so much it, it, you know, having that sort of consistent creative voice is really, really, really important. Yeah. And going back to conversation about automation, this is where you can leverage like all the best of the best. So for example, if you have RSA, so responsive search ads, and then you upload a bunch of like headlines, descriptions, and you're like, okay, I think this is good. And obviously it's got to, you know, be thought out. What Google will tell you is say, hey, here, here's your best headline. Here's your best description. And then as a marketer, what you can do is say, awesome. Google's given me some really valuable information through their data and their system and the machine. Let's use that now for Facebook and let's use that for other platforms. And you didn't have that in the past. Like everything was very siloed. 
everything was siloed cross channel and the data like it was really hard to see like when you had ad text going back to my bulk sheet days yeah you had like a headline or two a description it was really hard to pinpoint like oh it was this one headline that didn't it was this one description because yeah before it was just be a culmination of the headlines and descriptions and you really didn't know i mean you could kind of guess but that was it was just a guess but now you have this information and then you can make sure that you have that message cross channel. I'm sure you might tweak it a little bit based off of platform, but that's another way kind of getting back to automation a little bit, how you can leverage these insights, which you didn't really have before. Right. So, uh, and so we're in the theme of, of creative. Yes. You know, I've seen a bunch of brands where their organic social experience is so awesome. You know, it's fun and full of personality and, you know, it's, you know, casual and authentic. And then you see their ads and they're like, say 15%, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're, you know, their, or, their organic Instagram is, you know, full of like puppies and babies and people holding flowers. Yeah. And then, you know, then their ad is like an austere product shot. But buying uh, up the next ad, why didn't you buy from me? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I think, I, I think, you know, part of the performance marketing heritage over the, over the last few, over the last decade, let's say, is that we have forgotten as marketers that advertising is a brand exercise yeah. first a performance exercise second yeah uh, and i and i think that and i think this is you know i you know as much as people wail and moan about the the impact of apple privacy measures on facebook's targeting yep. i really do think that that's a net positive for marketers because it it forces marketers to focus on the thing that makes their experience better rather than how to exploit better targeting with an undifferentiated experience. Yeah, absolutely. We even at Rise, so Rise, we started as performance advertising because that's has been like my pedigree, you could say. And then as clients needed, we expanded to other services, including SEO and content and email marketing and social most recent. But we also added, and we just added this to our, our site, is a creative page just because it just comes up so often where we're running stale creative and a lot of yeah. our clients, we work with a range of clients, some big, some small. And if you're working with a small shop, they don't have creative resources. They'll have you know assets yeah. from one shoot five years ago and you can't just keep on running those. So then we were like, okay, let's create an in-house offering and then we just do it by concept. And we offer that just because we know that it's going to drive performance. Like, you know, and we're not even that those engagements. And I'm sure we'll chat you like, Ben, you got to increase your prices. But for our creative, like, it's not really a big moneymaker for us. It's really more on the back end of like, hey, let's have really great creative. And that's going to make the world of difference versus, you're right. In the past, it's just like, I'm going to find that exact 5,000 users out in the, you know, in this part of the country and I, you know, right. pull up my bids and just like exploit it to the moon. But you can't, you're not going to grow that way. It'll be like fun and exciting for a little bit, but then you're like, oh, I, I reached all those 5,000. 
So you got to put in sales. Let's talk about this is this is something that I've I've had a bunch of conversations about recently. So many e-commerce marketers. Actually, well, so first of all, let's get this out of the way. All marketers are control freaks, right? You know, there's a concept of brand and they want to control the conversation and only expose the things that they want. So let's, that's a conceit. Yep. But with the advent of things like a user-generated content and and absolutely influencer marketing yep. and building community around products and brands, and certainly now as we move into uh, you know more of a, a Web three ish world where there are bunches of conversations happening that you were not part of as a brand, you know conversations about you and your brand that you're, you have no insight into or you know no insight into, you know I think I think there's a lot of brands specifically around in the creative element that you know this is a great time to give up a little control mm-hmm. and and get and allow the market to influence your message rather than you trying to shape the market to your will because users and the people who experience your brand are going to actually create the brand message that really matters because whatever brand message you push out you know on on some level like once the once someone has made a purchase decision bought from you your brand is, you know, your brand is no longer under your control. It's in the control of your audience. Correct. And so it feels like agencies can play a really important role between that that brand that wants to control mm-hmm. and the wild, wild west of, of let's call it, you know, dark social. Like social that's happening without your, in, without your input. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And And I know there's like a lot of, companies like maybe cpg or something like that's like very brand focused and it might even be like just over engineering the message like yes you need thought behind it and things like that but you can't just say like spend countless hours of like oh let's change this move this word here that word there it's like you know use the 80 20 rule like how much extra are you going to gain from that and to your point yes you need you need to have a vision for your company and what your products all about everything but yeah, you can over-engineer it and just be super stagnant on this, this, and this. And I'll give you an example. I won't name the client, but we're engaging them for, well, we have been for paid media cross-platform for a while. And they're a pretty healthy startup. And they're like, great, we want some SEO. So I walked through our practice. We do tech audit. And then we'll do link building. And then we'll do content. And then... On link building, they hesitate a little bit, like, okay, what's link building? We explain the con- how that works and domain authority, and it's like a popularity contest. You want to get references to your site from other strong blogs and things like that. But then they stop there for a second. They're like, well, uh, I don't know. We need to approve these sites in advance. I'm like, yeah, no, we, we definitely can. We'll get pre-approval and everything. And they're like, well, what if that website doesn't match our brand perfectly? I'm like, it's not going to. Like... It's just not going to. And then I opened up SEM Rush for all the marketers out there that know. And then I'm like, okay, let's take a look at the site's linking to you now. And, you know, anytime you have a website, it's the internet. The internet is just going to find you. And there'll be like random sites like, why is the site even linking to me? I'm like, that that's exactly it. Like, you can't control everything. And if you approach, in this case, link development, I'm like, no, it's got to be this perfect site, great brand. And 
you're not going to find that and you're just going to be missing out on a lot of opportunity if you're like exactly exactly so so i do think that there's you know there's an element where controlled marketing stops and we got to come up with some kind of fancy term i yeah. want to say i don't want to say organic marketing but rather expansive marketing yeah. starts right you know so yeah. that you know that you're like you're putting out what you want but but are receptive to everything that comes back to you yeah definitely and even with good old fashioned like display banner ads like Back in the day, and I know yeah. a lot of clients do that. Then I had like, you know, there's my 300 by 250, 728 by 90, and then it's like this, this, and like yeah. just for that, nothing sure. else. But now it's very much automated where you upload a bunch, and then Google's just going to assemble, assemble, and throw it out. Most of the time, it's pretty, pretty solid or really solid. And sometimes it won't be, but you just have to be like, that's, that's okay. Like, yeah. you can't control everything. Right. You know, and, and other things that, that many brands get very concerned about, you know, colors, fonts, oh, uh, yes. that sort of stuff. Yep. You know, uh, a brand is not colors and fonts and logo. It's, it's, it's message and feeling. That's true. That's true. And it block. Yep. Yeah. I like that. And as I, so I think we're brainstorming that the new creative format. And as long as like you have that, yeah, that focus, then, then everything will, will follow suit. And then, and like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, like, as long as that general feeling and that core value proper message, that's most important. That's 90% of what you need. And the rest is, will follow. And then as a marketer, you'd be like, oh, actually people like blue or green because it's growth. I don't know, whatever it is. And then you'll figure out these little nuances. Right. So, so. I want to talk, I want to talk about two things, um, separate. So we'll, we'll do the, we'll do, you know, the biggest problems that e-commerce marketers have right now. And then I want to talk about, a little bit about your agency growth and the, you know, not the, not the, the challenges that you have faced as a, as a leader. Yes. So let's, let's talk. So, so what are the, what are the problems that, that, that e-commerce marketers are facing today yep. that, that are you know, that are, yeah. that are difficult to solve. Two things. You brought up Facebook. I'll talk about that just briefly, but I don't want to just harp on that because I feel like that's like so well known. But yeah, it, I mean, in the age of, as we're coming to the age of privacy, potentially, you will have less visibility. I mean, we were prior to Apple iOS, like throw down to Facebook and the updates you know, we're at the glory, like we just had all data and not just like agencies or consultants, really like the engines, like the Facebooks, and they had their way to their, their access to every, anything and everything. And everyone knows how powerful that can be by, by now. And then, so as we're getting to an age of privacy, that is throwing a wrench into automation and the algorithms and just the overall reporting. So. That's a big one, and that's pretty much affected almost all of our e-commerce clients, some platforms more so than others, definitely on Facebook. But then, as you alluded to, that may not be a bad thing because then what has you think it's starting to become much more of a holistic practice and don't focus on, yes, yeah, sales from this one ad set in Facebook. Rather, look at the truth the source of truth, which is GA or something like that, which is like, how is the business doing? 
Yeah. I don't think right. This one ad set. And the clients are like, if my business is growing, I'm happy. Like, Ben, team, you tell me like what this strategy is, but as long as I'm growing. And I think, you know, significant challenge from just like a practitioner optimizing campaigns. But as long as you focus on the big picture, which probably we were not looking at the big picture for a while, yep. we'll probably be okay. Or we will definitely be okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree with you. In fact, in my little uh, e-commerce agency, we really focus on either effective return on ad spend or sometimes we call it marketing efficiency, which is basically, you know, your your media budget as a percentage of your, you know, of your total revenue or or we or we try to break it down to cost of acquisition. Yeah. You know, yeah. Really focus on on, you know, cost of acquisition versus expected lifetime value as as the, the big metrics that really matter. Yep. The other thing that I would say is competition is not going away. We all know this, like CPCs go up every year, unless if there's a recession that will continue to be the place. The challenger for marketers is, well, how do I maintain some level of efficiency with a more crowded marketplace and the platforms are making it easier and easier for startups and sole proprietors to launch some Google ads, Facebook ads and, and the like. So on our side, we try to be as diverse as possible. Don't focus one on channel. Don't even focus on two channels. Continue to grow and evolve because, you know, social, we definitely use social ads, but, you know, usership is going down. It's extremely saturated. It's expensive. There and it's big. So that's why you're thinking about things like content and, and, you know, and, and other people are really putting a huge emphasis on, you know, on, on life cycle marketing via email, yep. and, you know, you know, messaging and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think, I, I think the, the, the real benefit of this privacy push by Apple yep. is the fact that um, suddenly marketers, both, you know, on the client side and the agency side are being forced to get away from the concept that, that there are such things as Facebook shoppers or Google shoppers and know that your, you know, your media spend and your advertising touches your target audience in multiple ways, multiple times before they ever do anything. And things like return on ad spend or a weird version of the truth, not, 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 not necessarily an actionable part of the truth. Yep. Yep. Definitely. All right. So let's, let's, and by the way, that was, that was great. That was the thank you. And I think that's, and I, I, and it's helpful. Yeah. And speaking, you know, speaking from, from the outside, you know, I can, I know for a fact that that's exactly how Rise thinks about it. You know, that, that you guys really do think about, okay, we've, you know, we're doing well here, but let's not, let's not stop. Let's incrementally stretch out so that we are capturing the entirety of our customer experience through our acquisition marketing yeah um so let's talk about let's talk about how ridiculously freaking hard it is to grow an agency so not not about sales and closing sales and all that sort of stuff but but how hard has it been Mm -hmm. to go from ben who is the best search guy at rise market (laughs) to been the guy that the team says, stop touching the accounts, please. Yeah. And I can't help myself. Just kidding. I, I do. I do make a conscious effort to stand back a little. 
So, so tell me, tell me about that that transition. I mean, I've I've witnessed yeah. it up up close, but I would love to hear your your version of it. Yeah, no, it's that is it's a different, it's a total different mindset from the one doing, and and then bringing on staff that you know you they're way more than adequate and qualified, and letting them do their job. And if you start to intervene, I think that does a couple of things. Like one, from a from a business perspective, that's not healthy because you're the one supposed to be leading the operation. What are we doing next? Like putting together the org and like bigger impact things versus optimizing one ad set on Facebook. And secondly, if you get in the weeds too much when you actually have staff that does all that, what does that tell the team? It's like, well am I not doing this right? Then there's some like element of doubt. So that was definitely a big shift for me because throughout my career for a long time, I was the one doing, doing, tweaking, playing, prodding, all that good stuff. And then you just have to say, it's okay. And then, and then I also, it was hard on client calls where I'd be like, I want to answer this question. And I'm like, nope, stay silent, Ben. So if Wilkin someone's going to answer it and they're going to do great. And guess what happened? They answered it and they did great. And then I slowly started to tiptoe back out of the meetings and things like that. And, you know, it's my job. I need to make sure like the team is supported, like we're doing great as, as an agency. And no doubt, like, yes, this team has questions or we're faced with conundrums and things like that. I'll definitely chime in and things like that. And, and part of me, like, you know, I still like looking at some of this stuff just because it's just been ingrained in me and doing this for like 15 years or so. So I'll look, but I won't, I'm not going to mess with stuff. And then we'll get interested in like, hey, performance max, let's get it all into it. Like, what is this all about? Let's do an agency point of view and things like that. So yeah, that was a big mental mind shift and you just have to, and you were very critical. You are extremely helpful and having me adopt this mindset of it's going to be okay. You brought on great talent, let them do their job. And then yeah, I think that, job. yeah, you know, I think the, the many, you know, many people say that for businesses, the, you know, the, the worst thing that you can say is the, we've always done it this way, but for an agency leader, the very worst thing that you can say is never mind, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that just, you know, that just, that sets off all of that, that, that sends all the wrong dominoes in motion. Yes. And is there a time and a place if that has to happen? Very rare. Sure. Maybe once in like, I don't know, a blue moon, but yes, back off. And then your, your job is to make sure the team is there. We have resources in place. And advocate for the best practices that are happening. So if someone's doing this on this account, we're like, wow, that was really interesting. I love what you did. Let's share this with the greater team. And then we share with the team. And then we do get a couple of those like, sweet, let's put this on our blog because this is valuable information that maybe a lot of marketers will want to read about. So yeah, no, that has been, that was the hardest of just kind of having a lot of faith and just step off a little bit, step back. And what has been the the hardest part about learning to be not just a manager, but a, but a leader? Yeah. Great question. I know you, I know you had, you had some, some leadership, you know, some management experience previously, but you know, what, 
when you're doing it for yourself, what, what has, what has really, you know, what has, what have you had to change about you? Yeah. So that's really interesting. I actually haven't had much management experience before, which is kind of funny. So I just kind of learned, learning on the fly. And that's why I hired some like Tim to like help me out, making sure I'm doing a, a good job. But yeah, so outside of like that mindset of like, don't do the day to day and like really as our company is growing, you know, I might have shared this with you one on one before, but you know, when we started, it was just me and a MacBook and trying to find some clients and doing like and the question is, can I support myself and my family? And then thankfully that was yes. And then so I'm like, okay, well, more clients want to work with us. Let me bring in some more support, things like that. But now, you know, we're not a major company right now, but we're 10-ish employees, 10, 11 or so. And now the shift is like wow, a lot of people rely on Rise. I got to make sure that like, yes, like Ben and his family are good, but what about you, know, the whole team and are they good? And it's actually, it's it's been really fun where twice over the past two months, I was talking with banks of our employees and giving employment verification and things like that so they can buy their houses, which was so awesome and like fulfilling was like oh wow they're working for rise and through this opportunity they're able to start to build like their own dreams in this in this one instance it's home ownership so what's happening is like my shift is definitely a change where it's not just like the ben show or the ben business it's rise and what can I do to make sure that us as an entity are well positioned and no doubt like our clients, because if our clients are well positioned, we wouldn't be in business. And then, yeah, just like having that mindset and that's kind of how I'm thinking. And then even in terms of like recruitment and personnel, making sure we have upward mobility and that this is not a cool job, but it's actually can be a career. So, yeah, that's pretty much like how I've been trying to pivot over the past couple of years, just kind of organically where I just realized like, oh, wow, this is much bigger than. I'm going to draw a parallel here for you. Okay. So as, as Rise has elevated from search agency to a full service agency, you know, your impact on your clients has grown. Right. Right. Yep. Because you were, you were thinking about more parts of their business. Yes. And then. You, Ben, mm-hmm. and Rise as the leader, as you've added more staff and provided more clients and more work, your impact has grown. Mm-hmm. And so you are now contributing not only to the growth of companies, but to the growth of your, your the personal growth of your team. And, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's very fulfilling and. I love seeing people grow in their roles. And then, as you mentioned, like even the client side, like we work with uh, you know, a whole variety of clients, but one in particular was one of our first clients when this was just like, you know, Ben's uh, MacBook. And then we've grown his advertising cross-platform and now we're doing email marketing, we're doing social, we're doing SEO. And now it's like, you can see like, wow, we're having a pretty large impact on his business so much now he's hiring a team to help him because these leads are really strong and it's funny even his like wife is like you gotta turn off this engine he's getting too many leads he's working way too much and then he's on the other side it's like no keep him coming it's like 
we're never turning them down. Like just crank it up. So yeah, That's no, right. it's it's when when done right, like everybody wins. The client wins. You're creating opportunity for them. Obviously, they run their business. I can't take all the credit for their business. And then on our side, you know, it's very fulfilling seeing these instances happen. And uh, yeah, like those are like really fun moments that you know you don't really get many other places. I haven't had prior in my career. Yeah. All right. So we just have a have a couple of minutes. Yeah. What do you think you'd you'd want to say to to Ben Lund the the day you cracked open your laptop and and decided I'm gonna be an agency? What, what do you what do you think you what do you think you'd say to that guy? And I think I even said it in that very tentative voice. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna start. I think I think I can do it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no. I mean, it was scary, but it was yeah, it was. I think one thing that helped is I'd never looked down. So it's like if you're climbing a wall or something, you know, I always say like, don't look down. I'm not a climber, but that's it. Don't look down because then that can get scary of like, oh my gosh, like the fear is starting to take over. Yeah, just always look up. But yeah, you think it like Tim was extremely helpful earlier on because we've been working together. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, but working together for two years, maybe close to a year and a half. Year and a half, I think. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, you had a great analogy. You're like, Ben's like, so you're doing okay. You kind of know what you're doing. You kind of don't. It's like, you're like a toddler. You're like, kind of like, oh, this is fun. Like, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of don't. He's like, let me help you out. So what would I say to Ben starting off? You know, as long as the passion is there, the passion and energy, it will work out. But, and this isn't a planned plug for you by any means, but make sure that you have some level of mentors because you will need that as you grow. And if you don't have some type of the guidance, whether it be from a coach or just like your network or other agencies or other business owners that are doing something similar, that is extremely helpful because there will be situations and there were like, you know, we came off like we came through pandemic and there's a ton of other like uncertainty out there that you need, you as And as you're growing, you really need that support. So what I would say to Ben, as long as the focus and energy is there, you're probably going to be okay. But then as you're growing, make sure that you have some input other than your own personal thoughts of what you think is best. Yeah. And that's, I think those, those are, those are, those are good words because, you know, there are many other ways that are easier to make money than being an entrepreneur, you know, there's, there's a lot of stress and there's a lot to carry and a lot of responsibility. You've got, you know, you've got families that depend on you now. You know, I think the, the, you know, the, the, the best definition of entrepreneur that I've, that I've ever heard. And it's one that I came up with, yep. but it's just, you're too dumb to know when to quit. And I think that's right. I think that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, but you also need that mindset. I feel like in order to have some level of success of like, you need the drive because if you treat entrepreneurship, especially starting off as like a nine to five job, like, you know, yeah. like it's not going to, it's not going to work or you'll have some level of success, but it won't grow to the point where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm making a good living. Like, this is great. I can support family. And yeah, so you definitely need that that focus and that resilience and just like energy and drive. But if you're passionate about it, it's not going to be much as work. Like 
earlier on, I worked way more than at Google, but I didn't care because I actually liked it. I was really passionate. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is so much fun. Right. And now we just welcome our third child. Like I am taking like more time and being much more diligent about staying within a reasonable working hour day and then week. Um, and then that is one benefit. Once you start growing an agency, you don't have to be like Mr. Hustle, like nonstop and just grinding and grinding. So Ben, thank you so much for being here today. This has just been a fantastic conversation. And yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Like I'm so, I'm so gratified to, to, you know, watch both your business and you elevate. It's really been a, it's been a, a big, a big joy for me, but everybody, Ben Lund rides to marketing, the nicest guy in internet marketing for sure. <laughs> um, and you know, you can find him at what's your domain, uh, risemkg.com. And you can also find him on LinkedIn. Uh, he's not difficult. And if you are looking to grow your business across multiple channels, it's, it's hard to think of a better spot than rise. Honestly. Ah, appreciate that. I, thank you, Tim. All right. Have a great day. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Okay, we're out. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.